Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly public therapy session of sorts where we dissect a grand pedagogy of human phenomena. What do you think of that description? I uh, was never sure how to pronounce pedagogy. <laughs> Me neither. And as I, was, as I was thinking about that, I was like, how am I going to say it? Pedagogy. I'm not even pedagogy. sure if I... I, I know the right reason. But it's like where you go, right, there's this item and this item and this item. We'll study each thing individually, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we're doing. Okay, uh, cool. Um, yeah, anyway, my name is Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week, we will be talking about power. Oh, uh, power, you say? Uh, power. Like, like human power, like uh, human interactions and power relationships between different people. And, yeah, what sort of thing? The power of people, the lack of power, the abuse of power. It's it's, it's all about who's got got it and who's what they're doing with it, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's it, really. Who's Um, got it and do we we agree with this status quo? Yeah, and what can we do to change it? Ooh. Um, Okay, well, let's get into it. I noticed that you're not in Brighton this week, Ivanka. No, what have I'm you been up not. To? I am on the Croatian island of Brach in Sutivan in a newly renovated house. Reconstituted. Uh, reconstituted, <laughs> yes. Walls have been smashed, walls have been put up. All sorts of things have happened and it's it's a delight. I'm very happy. Mm. Uh, how much of your time are you planning on spending in this place? Uh, as much as possible. <laughs> Depends how Brexit goes. Uh, uh, so just but, move uh, and just forget about it. Preparing myself an exit strategy. No, um, certainly summers, Christmas, you know, make sure the child speaks the lingo, that kind of thing. I see. Might do a year here while she's still little so she can do nursery. Because mm-hmm. here they don't go to school till they're six or seven. So she could do extra nursery time, which I think is a good thing. I guess there's yeah. a lot of this uh, Brexit strategising going on at the moment. but There, there is. You know. but, so there might be different noises this week. No seagulls. These seagulls are smaller and tamer <laughs> than the ones in Brighton. Yeah. Brighton seagulls are huge and mm-hmm. want your sandwiches. I'm hearing some quiet tweeting. Yeah, and, this uh, smaller. Not the Twitter kind. The little bird birds. kind. There may be the occasional motorbike noises. Yes. <laughs> occasional the moped. <laughs> there might is even be some guests arriving. Oh gosh! We've been okay, hosting well, this week. So. Let's rush through this then. No, yeah. let's not rush because <laughs> listeners need let's enjoy ourselves. Content. Yes, I've just observed that the little light on my laptop that should mean that it's got power going into it hasn't. Isn't on. Mm. See, degree in electronic engineering, and I can sort out power to laptops. Okay, <laughs> I went. I went to the hardware store earlier because. Uh, Boiler, the water's too hot, and I can see no way on the outside of this boiler to turn the temperature down. So mm. I go into the hardware store. I was like, oh, I said, you've got, we've got one of these boilers like this at home. How do you turn the temperature down? Because, well, you know, if you've got a man around the house <laughs> who understands Christ. electronics, you know, they can fiddle with it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so, yeah, that happened this week. 
<laughs> so how was your week, Michael? Where have you well, it's been? It's been two weeks. It's has been two it, weeks it since we recorded. I've had a feminism one level v- roller coaster of a of a couple of weeks. I wow. tell you. Um, and there's a you know it's gonna it's gonna eat into some of this episode, <laughs> like all the things. But I don't know whether to keep it short or just to. Uh, well, start talking and I'll of, interrupt you. All right. Well, I've got a couple of I've got a couple of sort of interweaved stories. Um, one is we had this holiday booked, so I had like a, what like eight or eight days in Greece booked from last Monday uh, to this you know this uh, Tuesday just gone, but the weekend before that. So there's this guy I used to work with ages ago in the public sector, so not in like a sort of computer industry person, but he's a bit of a sort of like like um, entrepreneur type, but um, maybe not so good with computers. And he's sort of like, I've been sort of avoiding answering his messages a bit because I knew, it was, I, I expected it to be, can you build an app for me? Can you build this thing? And I have to go, well, I mean, have you got... you know loads of money (laughs) to do this but because I don't and I you know probably didn't think I was going to like his idea that much but he sort of gets on the phone I listen to his idea but then and then at the end of this phone call he goes oh also in um 2008 I bought like a hundred dollars of bitcoins um can you help me get them back I'll give you 10 percent at which point I'm like oh uh, yes. Okay. Let me just stick that into Google. Let's see what that's worth. And I like the first thing I typed, which actually turned out to be a bit of a problem. I sort of put two thousand two thousand eight hundred dollar Bitcoin, and it was like twenty million dollars or something, or like maybe a hundred million dollars or something. Wow. I was like, what the actual? Okay. So I'm just like suddenly right. He lived in Epsom, which is kind of like an hour and a half away from me. But I was just like, okay, how soon can I come down there and try and figure this out? So he had this wallet locked in this computer, like this old right. Windows PC that he couldn't get into anymore. He'd like forgotten the password, basically. And, and um, like Microsoft cloud sync password thing had sort of failed to sync his latest password and he just couldn't get in. And yeah, he had this thing. And I'm like doing the, I'm doing like the calculations going, right, if this is, if this is that, that's me sorted. I'm kind of saying to myself, like, yeah, so I wouldn't have to work. I'm, I'm like, right. I immediately called Sharon and went, listen, like, this is mental. Like, can you, I just don't even, this is nuts. But I, I can do this if anyone can do this. And like, I, you know, this is, this is my, my, my ship's rolling just before 40, like a couple of weeks before 40 million pounds. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I st- I'm like, well, let's, let's ride this as well. So I sort of, sort of start like, filling shopping baskets on synth websites just to sort of see what I want like what laptop what piece what computer would I get what you know what else would I do I guess I could finally just sort out some you know this and that and the other um but it's not really kind of house buying money necessarily so but like maybe I can get a studio in central London rather than in Hammersmith and you know and I'm sort of like writing all this stuff and and I go down there and I I sort of spend a couple of hours like having a crack at it and I you know Windows I just know is so insecure (laughs) you I I just I'd seen a sort of how to hack Windows 95 thing ages ago and it was like just click on this accessibility thing and do this and it just lets you in as an admin um so it was kind of the same thing here. I sort of had to boot from Ubuntu and just like I found a little video of how to hack Windows. Um, what was it Windows Eight? And it's literally you just rename the 
on-screen keyboard accessibility thing to be a command prompt instead and then it just launches you into a command prompt when you say let me have an on-screen keyboard and you just you're an admin um so i sort of got in that way managed to get this wallet but it was just like zero i was oh. like but i i exported this data file i was like i don't know though like and I'm, i still wasn't convinced i was like why has he got this wallet address written down like it's the right address so it's obviously like Something's happened, but when I get, when I look at the blockchain, there's never been any transactions on it. So no one's stolen the money. Like it's just never had any money in it, according to this. So I, I'm kind of like, but I'm just thinking, right, I, you know, I, I haven't let it go. But then the next day, I'm going on holiday, so I sort of have a day at work, and and I, I sort of managed to um, like find this Python script that like lets you kind of convert the wallet format into a format that you can kind of read and see what's going on in there. And I managed to extract that, and that was like one of those moments, like. I'm in. I've got the. I'm into the wallet. I can see. It. I can see all the private keys, and you know, I can see. I can get the money out if there is any. Um, like, and I'd literally just like slyly just kind of taken a copy of the wallet file because uh, I was like, I can't. Even though this means I technically, if there's money in this, I've, I've got it now. He's he'll get his ninety. You know, I'm not going to fuck him about. So I snuck it off. Got, managed to get into it, but it was still said just like zero 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 and then that night you know I, was, I had to go on holiday and so then this is the other part of the uh, adventure <laughs> it was monday night we had a flight at like 5 a.m the next morning uh booked so we decided and it's from stansted which is a bit of a trek so we decided and there's no trains in the middle of the night so we decided to get on a like book a hotel the night before and we were like having a very relaxed little kind of jaunt like on the tube go to liverpool street get on the train it gets to like we're nearly at stansted and i'm like um there's where's my passport my passport should be in this pocket um where's and i've just like checked the pocket that and I'm like this, I don't have my passport, it's gone. The first thing I thought, as soon as I didn't see it, I was like, why isn't my like mobile number or email on my freaking passport? So that if someone found it, they could just immediately contact me. I just realized there's no way for anyone to contact me and say they found my passport. No. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, how, how is it, how insane is that? I mean, I'm sure a motivated person might have been able to kind of track me down on Facebook. Um, but Christ, like... Yeah. Well, it's such an important document. I'm like, why don't I have some sort of like geo location yeah, yeah. tracker but in this I thing? The, the other like, infuriating thing about them is if, if we had IDs, you would have been able to travel on your European, you know, your British identity yeah. card. Because yeah. all the other Europeans who fly into the UK just need their ID card. They don't have to have their yeah. passport. Or I'm not sure that's true of coming into the UK, but certainly across Europe. You just need your ID card yeah. um, as long as it's an EU one. So there's no backup ID. We've just got yeah, a passport exactly. or nothing. Which is why these poor people with all this Windrush scandal, if you never applied for your passport when you were little, then you've got no passport. You've got no way of proving that you're a citizen. Mm. Which, you know, if you don't go on your holidays to Lanzarote or Greece... <laughs> <laughs> When I have my passport, I always have it in, in a certain pocket and just for the whole holiday, usually, that's just my thing. But these jeans are a bit, I don't know, the jeans, are, there's a bit sort of hipstery, kind of shallow pocket jeans. I don't know. So it's a front pocket or a rear pocket? It was, well, I, I couldn't, I seemed to remember like putting it in my back pocket and going, that's probably not sustainable. We'll address that in a minute once I've taken some rubbish down and done some other things. But then I think I just can't remember. But then... um. 
uh, yeah, I was like, I haven't got it. We sort of went through everything, sort of had to go back and then just kind of got back on the Stansted, ex- exchanged, switched, went back to Liverpool Street. The whole time, like, you know, we, we kind of look for, so- like, lost property. We I'm trying to ring up, like, I'm trying to find out how to contact Tube lost property. We have to get the tube back. Like, we get on there. I... I had I decided I'm just gonna run. It's like ten minute walk from the tube station to our house. Maybe not quite that much, but like I was like, I'm just gonna sprint home because if it's just somewhere there, then we can still make it tonight. So I, I had my trainers in my suitcase and sort of stuck them on. Did the sprint of my life <laughs> to kind of get back home. That sort of left Sharon in the tube station. She sort of was talking to the person like behind the counter there, who was like really helpfully like rang every stop on on the on the circle line that we. But it's, I, I kind of ran so hard that like my throat. I kind of messed up my throat from breathing so hard. Like my legs are okay, but my throat was just like sore, and. Uh, Got there, looked everywhere. No, not there. Um, so, like, had a, looked into how to get a new one. It was like, okay, I've got to go to a post office. So, yeah, we sort of had to stay home that night. Um, the next morning, queued at the post office at 8.30 because, you know, I was the first person at the post office. Queued, you have to get this paper form. Uh, couldn't, and then like got back home, went to the website to sort of book the appointment, which is like 200 and whatever, 150 quid or whatever. I was like, I'm just doing it, whatever it takes. Um, but like I hesitated the first time and the appointment that was that day had already gone like within like 20 seconds of me kind of like just going, is this? And then, um, so I booked like the next morning, which was Wednesday, absolutely just, beating myself up so much <laughs> I going how this is I'm a I thought I was a uh, I thought I was a conscientious person this is the second very unconscientious thing I've done in recent memory uh, so yeah and this holiday wasn't cheap I talked to the talked to the guy that booked it and he's like um yeah I mean if if you don't make it it's gone like I hope you got travel insurance uh, which I kind of think I have on my credit card but but I was like, well, that means like, so then the Tuesday, it was like, well, I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. So I was like, well, let's, I mean, I was thinking about this Bitcoin thing the whole time. Like, I kind of I haven't got closure on this Bitcoin thing yet. Am I a millionaire? Because that's going to mean a lot more taxis. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Sharon and I just kind of resolved. We just thought we'd do a bit like London tourism. So we just kind of went into central London. We're thinking like it was a really nice day. And, and she came down with me to Epsom and we just kind of like, I just spent another couple of hours trying to figure this thing out. It, it gradually emerges. It wasn't 2000. Well, I'm looking into like Bitcoin history. It's like there wasn't Bitcoin in 2008 for a start. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, uh, and like, I'm like, who, who's this guy? Maybe this guy that told him about it back then. I was imagining like, can we find out the relationship with him? Like, did he just like pull a, you know, pull do something like how what all happened eventually it kind of it kind of emerged he was like oh, maybe it's 2012 at which point it's like it's not it's still like maybe a hundred thousand pounds i'm like i'll take that still yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it's like 20 grand i'm like yeah okay I'm, I'm still doing this um and then we we kind of i kind of spend some time i get to the bottom i see every shot he's finding his email history i'm seeing it's, it's flipping it's 2013 and he's bought them on mt gox which infamously was the hacked bitcoin exchange <laughs> <laughs> so like they did Even this I really in- 
Well, and I they don't did care this really... about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're saying like why you learn about Bitcoin. I'm like, well, now Ivanka's going to be feeling, feeling very silly for not knowing about Bitcoin. She could have been a millionaire like me. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to tell anyone about this the whole time. Like I told Sharon, but I'm like, I, I kind of need to keep this under my hat. Like, because... Because what? You might become a millionaire. Yeah, you don't want to ask you for money. I don't want everyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be I'll be reasonably generous, but also it's like because it's in Bitcoin, it means you, you sort of could just like eke it out and like it's it's weird. It's like it's it's sort of you know it's like having a very Swiss bank account. Um, uh, like, <laughs> what what would you buy me if you were a billionaire? I don't know. What do you need? Maybe a laptop where the fan doesn't go off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they, you can get those. Oh. I saw someone had made this water-cooled silent PC actually the other day. Like maybe, um, no. Well, I just buy you some. I don't know. What do you need? Nothing really. Studio time. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I I kind of realised my you know my quality of I I kind of that's not much I need really. It's, it's kind of incremental improvements at this point. You could pay for some soundproofing in my office. Yeah, I could. But Both is that, offices. Is, is that the blocker? <laughs> what, <laughs> money? It getting around to it? Mm. It's just well, it's about it, prioritisation. It? Mm. Like in a world of priorities and having finite amounts of money, that's not where my, my money's getting mm. allocated at the moment. Anyway, yeah, sorry. That's annoying as well. No, no, it's interesting to, like, while we're in this place, like, what would you do with... It's like that lottery... Com- I never have yeah. that, like, lottery thing, but it was quite a, like, okay, this I could actually... Right, what would I do? What would be different? Would much be different? Like, my family... It's, it's like, annoying with my family because there's so many of them. Like, I've got my immediate, like, six siblings and my dad and my stepmom, and, like, if, if you give anything to one, you've got to give it to... You've got to do the same for everyone. Fair. Yeah, and it's sort of like, okay, well, I guess I'd like, I'd bung them a little bit of, you know, I'd bung them some, like help them kind of, you know, sort them out. But then I've got to fucking tech support nine people's Bitcoin wallets, which is, (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm just thinking, I'm kind of doing these calculations. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, yeah, we figure out it's on MT Gox 2013 when basically that's maybe like five, six grand now. So I'm like, well, that's 10% is not even really worth my day rate at this point for the time I'm putting into this. So I and then I'm like, yeah, I think you had the wallet. I think you made your wallet on your computer. You saw the balance in the MT Gox account, but you never actually transferred it into your wallet. So now that's just that's gone. gone. Sorry. So and I'm trying to download that leaked database just to kind of find that address and just see like where it went, maybe. But at that point, I was kind of like, well, this is just not worth my time anymore. And I was a bit angry with him for being a bit disingenuous with me because I think he deliberately didn't mention MT Gox because he was like, he was like, well, if I said that, you wouldn't have come. I was like, well, mm. <laughs> like, also, if I'd known the actual year that you bought them, that might have been a bit more honest of you rather than kind of implying that it was like millions of pounds. Um, but it was definitely a worthwhile exercise and it, and it, and it meant that I was like, okay, well, that's that that's that mystery solved because there's just these things that didn't add up but yeah so i'm, I'm not a millionaire unfortunately oh. um but i have learned a lot more about the blockchain and wallet address formats and the history i found a really good history of bitcoin prices wikipedia page which i'll link people to, i'll put on the thing so it's and really also how to how to hack a windows pc oh, well that's you just google how to hack a windows 8 pc and there's <laughs> a video of someone showing you how to do it like you might have, i had to use a bit i didn't have a windows installed so i used an ubuntu boot disc and kind of kind of did it that way but um yeah like it's it's 
it's not rocket science. You feel you, you don't even feel clever. Um, <laughs> but still, I don't know if I'm going on this holiday. Um, um, so like the next morning, I've got this sort of nine forty-five appointment. I belt it. I, I kind of left it a bit long before. Oh, that I realised I needed to get like um, someone that I'd known for it was like someone you'd known for more than two years has to sign the back of your passport photo and say yeah. it's you but it has to be a professional it has to be and I'm like I, I, who's that going to be and luckily a friend of mine that I've known Fred has happened to be like in his uh, like working from home that day in, in Shoreditch so we just went up to visit him and he kind of signed it off because I because I, I, I haven't worked I think usually you just get someone from work to do it but I never work haven't worked anywhere long enough to kind of um have a long enough relationship with anyone there for it to be a thing but we kind of ticked all the boxes got all the things done i got there i another like I, i'd left it a bit long so that was a bike ride of like my life as well kind of going from home to like victoria and basically just had this just emotional i've got this thing they say well it's a seven days if you lost the passport i'm like and she goes can you forward me the flight information and i was like i sent it and she's like oh well, this was yesterday like we we might be able to speed it up if you've got a flight booked if you if you had a if you had a flight to catch, oh, okay. and I was like, well, I mean, I could just book a flight now, and then I would have a flight to catch. And she was like, well, we, I mean, we don't recommend that. I was like, well, I'm going to do that, and <laughs> then I'm going to be able to tick that bureaucratic box. And just so she was like, she sort of let me just kind of go away and like on my phone, like really quickly get on the website and like book flights. So the next one, so that's another like risky bit of money shelled out get back and then had more questions and then she had to wait for some people to come out of a meeting and then it was like, well, they were like, oh, well, why why did he leave it so long to come and see us? I'm like, well, this was the first appointment I could get. Like, this was, you know, I had to kind of keep writing these statements out and, like, forwarding more emails, forwarding, and said, like, they can hold the hotel room till tomorrow night and then it's gone. And, like, two hours in, I'm just, like, kind of going between, I'm just kind of hold. I'm just going between, like... <laughs> just, and planning alternatives sitting there in this, in this chair like she kind of comes out to find me again a couple of times I go back I, I sort of go in I'm like standing there I don't even want to look she's just come back and she starts sort of writing something down and I'm like I just can't even make eye contact and then she kind of goes uh, okay well we've managed to upgrade it to the four hour service and I'm just like my head is just like I've got like a tissue in my hand already at that point because I'm so like on, on edge about it and I just like put my head down on the thing I was like on the if I, I just said and she'd been so kind of like she'd been really like kind of game faced the whole time like just yeah. and she stayed she kind of remained that way the whole time but I was like look if I could hug you I would <laughs> she was like oh. and she said to me look like all the emotions you're feeling I'm feeling them too um it's just like you know Aww. um and I but the whole time I was kind of remembering our conversation about like that thing when a bureaucrat manages to do something for you I was like I want to make that happen I managed I didn't I didn't snap I didn't show like frustration I was just like kindness I'll do everything you need I'm gonna just be the model of a flipping citizen here and just do absolutely everything possible and and it just like and it just came through I was like and and the flights were booked and we were just like and then we yeah we flew out the next morning we didn't we sort of stayed up and just kind of got on the early because it was still like a a 5am flight from Gatwick this time and we just stayed up and just went out and yeah just got to the hotel and they were like oh you made it (laughs) and um yeah just we had the night the room with the sea view still and we uh yeah the trouble yeah and just got to kind of do that 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 
beach package holiday thing with the <laughs> thing and we made it and I was like anything I don't even care if it rains the whole time at this point like just anything is going to just be amazing um, after that that experience so yeah and hopefully I can claim some back on travelling we had to spend like 130 euros just to get from the airport because there was no sort of coach service that day for from the company that we booked it with but like it was just yeah we did it we spent a few days we went to the gym every day to burn some calories like an hour of calorie burning so i could just eat all the puddings like it's a buffet <laughs> basically so we're just these different like was it like some all-inclusive type thing yeah just ultra what was it ultra all-inclusive package whatever yeah got like a little wristband it was it was i mean it was it was it wasn't the most i mean i've been to lanzarote so i've been on a package holiday before i was like there is no one like me remotely like me here and it's kind of making me a bit sad but this was a bit more there was a bit more you know a few more people our age a little bit more and like um and we just swam in the sea uh, every day and it was a nice holiday. Um, I, I was like, well, I, I need to have a pen for all the ideas that I'll have as soon as I stop being in front of a computer. But I didn't really have that many ideas. Um, you just relaxed. Really have any. I just, just relaxed and just kind of like did that. So I came back from that a couple of days ago and we did it. But I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> but, you know, lots of adventures had. Was that an interesting story? You didn't have any? I think, well, I'm about to pick, pick, you, pick up on right, a few items it. in your story. Oh, my goodness. One, losing your passport, Michael. I know. Just I know. Can you flip it? Like you had one job, Michael, to go on this holiday. But I'm pretty job. sure someone took it. I'm, I'm yeah, like but, I'm, I'm, um, I'm reporting it as stole. Like it's, it's, it's definitely like someone, someone had it at Liverpool see, Street Station. Yeah. Either it fell out of my pocket and they just grabbed it, or they like lifted it out of my back pocket. I think. See, um, I... which is stupid. Like I feel so stupid. Obviously, we were so on the passports for the rest of that holiday. <laughs> <laughs> see, the, uh, this is you know I've I've been trying to because obviously I did know about the lost passport or have known about the lost passport. And mm. I've been having an internal dialogue about levels of sympathy. And whilst I, I have, like, the lady, the bureaucrat, the civil servant who helped you having the same emotions as you, there's a part of me that's just like, that, that's just... Not, I know, I mean, it's just... Not well, my house, not. this is not how you, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be told off. Well, Ivanka... <laughs> not it just thinking. Goes to sh- well, just goes to show it can happen to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he goes to show? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, who's more flipping? I've not, I've avoided, uh, uh, to be fair, I've avoided any sort of derbrain comments at you. Over who, is, the... who is more conscientious about this shit than me? Do you know anyone who is more conscientious about yeah, but, stuff I mean, than me? Jeans. You don't put passports I know, but in I, it was stupid. It's because I got overzealous <laughs> and put it in too early, and then forgot to kind of like move it to the and also, area. <laughs> and also, Sharon, I think didn't uh, didn't even say like, oh, so have you got your passport? Because she was like, I don't want to patronise you. I, you know, I know you've got it. I'm not even gonna. But yeah, I was just like, oh god, I wish you bloody asked for my passport <laughs> at some point, even though it's a stupid question. But there are oh, some interesting God. things about these. The two stories are quite good. Going back to our topic for the week, yeah. <laughs> you've got the power of a passport or lack thereof. God damn. 
uh, you've got the power of somebody in a position of authority and mm-hmm. they can make or break. You've got the power of somebody promising you something. <laughs> Not, mm. that's like the, the power of temptation, maybe. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, like that. Oh, if you do this, then I'll give you this. Like, you're like, yeah. oh. And the sort of, um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a, the, the, the passport thing. Because I grew up with a British passport, and certainly until March 2019, it will be a valuable passport. Mm. <laughs> it will remain valuable till then. Um, but I've always been conscious of the privilege that that actually entails, that, that mm. sort of you can really or could travel pretty much anywhere fairly unencumbered. Yeah. And, and so having this half of my family having very limited passport power, or up until now, though now my Croatian passport affords me technically more well will afford me more travel than you know it's funny how the worm turns but that sort of feeling of not being able to go where I want to when I want to because passport or because somebody has the authority to bar me entrance Mm. I found I never experienced that until we were on the motorbike trip and I hadn't done one piece of research we hadn't done properly was that um you know, if you're British, you travel to the States on a, what's it called? Vista, Vista, some, you know, what's it's no, got? Oh, that, that, Esther. That, yeah, Esther. that visa that you got three months to be a tourist and yeah. then you have to leave. So we landed in Alaska, the United States of America, spent three weeks there, then went into Canada, spent six weeks there, and then went back into the States, expecting our visa to be reset to three months. Uh, but it mm. wasn't. We had 26 days left. Oh, <laughs> so geez. we had to like, and the man at the border was just the absolute opposite of the civil servant you dealt with. It was like, well, mm. no. I was like, yeah, but I've left the country. Well, you can't prove that. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can actually prove <laughs> it. You can't prove it. It's well, a stamp for that. I can, well, I can prove the stamp. I can prove credit card statement. You know, there's many ways in which I yeah. can prove that I was not spending money within the United States of America. And they just, he just would not budge. Um, mm. You have to move two countries away. So if we'd flown what? to somewhere else, then it would have counted. Or you have to go home and come back in again. Anyway, it, I mean, you have to take the sort of, it's our fault for not researching it properly. But it seems like a bit of a, why? I, it wasn't a question I asked myself. It was one of those. Yeah. But that was the one of those moments where I told, that was the first time in my life that somebody with a, with a sort of power, had power over my passport and had the ability to bar me travel and I was yeah. I found it really hideous I really yeah. didn't like it I was like you can't tell me where I can and can't go I'm not you know I'm not going to be so I have uh, I have enormous sympathy for people who whose passports don't let them go anywhere so mm. but yeah and the fact that they're such an important document Any other I told you so's you want to say to me? Like, no, that's not mm. an I told you so. That's no. a. <laughs> Any other? <laughs> that's just head like shaking, a. You not twat. sure if I feel. <laughs> every, every time I said to, every time I said to Sharon, like I feel so, like I feel so stupid, and she was like, uh, did she, she say wouldn't good? Let me. She wouldn't let me. She was like, it wasn't your fault. You didn't do it on purpose. Like so, she just wouldn't let me feel like a beat myself up at all and I was like okay you're the best and actually like the um it just really showed 
us, I think, how strong our relationship is under pressure as well. Like there wasn't a moment of like antagonism or blame or kind of like kind of it was just like we worked together and we just figured it out and we just did it and we succeeded and we went on holiday and we had a good time. <laughs> that's good. We're nice a bit team. Of a team, Michael Definitely and Sharon. Team. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so that's good then. Okay. Mm. You're, I'll let you off. <laughs> I, well, I, I was no, and here's a song I played. Uh, yeah, I was going to say um, this song. Uh, this song I made. I made this song ages ago called "Nothing Bad Can Happen." And like, I was, I was like, okay, this feels really bad. But I'm going to listen to, and I listened to that song, and it just made me cry like twice in a row. I was like, there's always just a way of seeing the positives in this. Like, even though it's, you know it's a nightmare, but like, it's actually, I'm kind of glad that I got the Bitcoin thing out of my brain. I'm glad that you know it yeah, got yeah, to show true. me and Sharon like how much we had. Because otherwise, like the whole holiday I would have been like, am I rich? <laughs> like, yeah, am yeah, I a yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have been in the holiday. Yeah. So um, that was that was good. So I mean, there's 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 like you know. Because I'm, I'm glad it, you know, I would have eaten a lot more puddings if we'd had that couple of extra days. <laughs> <laughs> so in that whole so, world of retrospective, the important mechanism to happiness of retrospectively making bad things into good things. It was a great well, yeah, thing. Bad is, you know, it was a great thing and nothing, you know, it's all subjective, isn't it? Yeah, Here's yeah. that song. I'm going to play that song on the podcast now. So power, what I just, I'm just not quite sure what power is. Like we talk about it all the time, but it, it's sort of, it's all, it's all, is it always just part of a shared belief system? It's like, I believe that you have the ability to control me or make me do things. But to some extent, is that always true? Is it ever true that someone can of course it is. Like, they can stop you moving, doing something or going to a country. They can stop you. It's very much like a human relation thing that's, that has to, is predicated on the belief, on a mutual shared belief that one person is, has more authority than the other person or can make the other person do things or can stop the other person doing things. But it's yeah. a strange thing because it's, it's, it's not actually, it's not like a physical force. It's a kind of mental arrangement i don't know whether it's certain types of people or certain sets of circumstances that make you either question the assumed power of those around you or so i certainly think from my point of view i don't necessarily i don't want people to have power over me so i don't and i i i resist i can't say that i always am able to prevent them having power over me but to some extent i think you you can slip into a thing where you allow people to have power over you who aren't necessarily 
they're sort of chanting it. <laughs> I don't know how to express it, uh, but I don't, I don't want to be dismissive because I understand that there is a, there can be a huge amount of psychological manipulation. There could be a huge amount of, you know, media stories, whatever, that make you feel like you're in, you're in a position of weakness when perhaps you're not, mm. um, you know, revolutions are based around the fact that, that many people have power over the few if they choose to take it or they yeah. decide or they get rattled in. I don't know what f uh, triggers a revolution, but I also think that sometimes people assume power and then p other people allow, allow that assumption to continue, you know, particularly managers, uh, you know, man you've got those position of authority in the workplace, you've got mm. uh, people in authority or perceived positions of authority, and they do. I mean, border crossings, I think, are one of the most difficult things. Like, you know, I've got stories of, of uh, you know, a friend of my sister who didn't, wasn't allowed entry into the United Kingdom, even though he was a EU national, a Croatian EU national, but coming on holiday, he'd been and gone, been and gone repeatedly. So he wasn't an overstayer. He wasn't somebody who'd worked illegally, just comes to visit and goes home. And they put him in a detention centre for the weekend and then sent him home. Um, because the man who I managed to get hold of somebody said, oh, that's because we're not satisfied that he will leave. So luckily, because you, you, know, you and I work with people who know people, I felt mm. somebody put me in touch with an immigration barrister who said, but that's not the law. The law mm. is, can you support yourself during your visit? There is no... But he also pointed out that often the border people are the people that were too racist to be allowed in the police. That was his <laughs> words. I was like, oh, okay. So I think, you know, whatever made them decide that this boy, you know, this young lad who's 20, wasn't going to, they didn't want him to come in. And so he didn't come in. And it didn't matter mm. that he'd got cash with him, that he'd been and gone before, that he'd proven all these things. It didn't matter. Well, I, I mean, if you have like a set of rules, real or you know made up as in this case by the sound of it but yeah. like um you can use those rules for good or evil mm. and yeah it's like people that i think there's a thing of people that are drawn to powerful seeming jobs like police or border patrol or yeah. whatever are probably often coming from a feeling of not having any power or like, you know, it's a sort of bullied at school or ostracised or whatever. Like, well, I'll show them. I'll get a gun. You know, I'll have a gun for my job and then I'll be able to beat up whoever I want, you know. Yeah, you sort of have to worry about the sort of people that want power because often, you know, usually they're not the best people to wield it. There's this whole equality thing yeah. that... You know that um, I found, I did find you that quote from Martin Luther King about the you know asking a man to pull himself up by his bootstraps who has no boots is you know it's an impossible task. You know if you you can give power to somebody or you can simply not abuse power, you can use your power to give people the, a step up. You can. Yeah. Put your hand down, help somebody up. Yeah, you can help someone up or you can, like, stomp them down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... And it, it does depend on what sort of a person you are. And if you are a civil servant having a bad day, you have the power to ruin Michael's holiday. But if you're mm. a civil servant who is, you know, doing, doing their job, you know, doing their yeah. job as best they can, they're going to find a way to help you yeah. achieve... Because they are... You are a citizen and they are your civil service you know that's yes, what they're there for well. it's like they're not, they're not there to abuse their power i can sometimes i can be sympathetic to people who do that 
if somebody tries to you know use their power over me it just makes me rebel you know I, I'm not gonna yeah. tug my forelock and go okay let me go and get that for you be like yeah. I'm more much more likely to go no who are you no I don't care yeah. don't care who you are <laughs> you're not talking to me like that you're not doing that to me you're not you know I, I just don't I don't know what it's from but um it's strong <laughs> I feel like American culture, like in the workplace, has a lot more sort of casual kind of you have to do this because it's your job. Kind of like, well, I'm saying you have to do this, so you have to do it kind yeah. of thing. And like that manifested back sort of at the agency we used to work at as like one of the... And I, I, I sort of chalked it up to a bit of Americanness on on this person's part. But it, was, it was kind of like, um, like the PR person for the whole company and I was doing the company website basically and trying to get that live. It was this whole urgent project, but it was like someone ringing me up... Um, like eight o'clock when I was just, I'd gone home for the day, I'd, I was finished and going, you've got to come back in now and fix something. I'm like, who the fuck are you? you? No, that's not how this works. You offer me an incentive. You ask me, you say, okay, well, you don't just tell me because you're the manager what I, you know, that I have to come into work now, which I would never do. Like I went back in, but then there was an email copying in the ceo kind of going you do not get to do that <laughs> um and i will not you know i will not stay around this is not acceptable behavior so and uh, you know it's one of but, those, but that, i got but away that, with that email but you know i'm not i'm just not scared <laughs> of like i was like no. you, i mean if you think that that's something that's part of my job goodbye yeah yeah, you know? yeah. I, but i think that's to do that's that same thing you were referring to with your passport officer person where you decided to be, you know, like I decided to be the, you know, the, the kindest, most understanding. I'll do whatever you need me to do and nice. Mm. But if I need somebody to come back into work at eight o'clock in the evening, I'm going to be approaching it as though they have every right to say no. Yeah. Which they do. It's, yeah. It's like you can't fire me for not coming in after hours. To, you know, you can you can rely on my professionalism and my kindness mm. and my conscientiousness and my sense of responsibility, but you can't order me. Mm. And I think that's that weird, like people don't understand power. Yeah, this isn't the military. Like no. and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna make cultural generalizations, but North America, I've had it with a couple of people that have come from there. Um, just yeah. kind of thinking that kind of being a manager or having some sort of seniority confers them some sort of ability to give orders or some but, sort of unquestionability. And it's like, that is not how this works. This is, I, you're doing your job, I'm doing mine. We're in a symbiotic, you know, thing. Yeah, but they have fire at will. They they can terminate. Oh, yeah. In North America, yeah. you know, in the US, as far as I don't know if it's true of Canada, they can terminate your contract because they feel like it. Whereas in Europe, we have hard won rights <laughs> workers rights that mean that people can't actually do that yeah it just goes to show like yeah let's be grateful for that right yeah you yeah, know? yeah i think that's right. you see i think that's the thing something people often don't understand it's like you know the the one thing it's like what i think many people power is held over them in a workplace with this idea that they're going to lose their job yeah the reality is that eight, that it's very hard to fire somebody who even somebody who's underperforming, mm. and sometimes I'm not. You know, I'm uh, having been in a position of 
of having to deal with somebody who's underperforming. It's really unpleasant and drawn out and not nice for anybody, certainly mm. not the person who's underperforming. Um, but also, really, you know, you can, there's redundancy that you have less mm. control over and the business not doing well. But these are things mm. that you are partially responsible for. You can contribute to the, you know, the, the profitability of a company within reason if you're part of the company. If you're doing your job well and the company does well, great. But there's this kind of illusion that there is such thing as a safe job. But yeah. it's not an overnight firing. If there's a redundancy, you're going to get some notice no matter what. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's part of it, I think, is people's fear of losing their job. But perhaps they don't understand that actually, you know, unless the company goes bust, of course that happens and that's shocking and horrible, but it doesn't happen yeah. every day. It's unlikely and it won't be because you said no to your boss. Yeah, yeah, um, well... This is why this is why it's extra. It's like it's so annoying that I got blindsided about that. You know, that twenty grand I didn't get paid. I worked for because I'd actually like uh, put the time in and done all the work, and then just like it's the same as I'd been suddenly fired. This, but also I didn't get all that time. Yeah, <laughs> I lost yeah, yeah, all that yeah, yeah. time. It's like <laughs> yeah, people not paying you is just disgusting. But mm. you know, but that's power. That's power of promise. You know, I think that's a very that's a misuse of power. Yeah. That's a sort of pre either pretending you have money or having so much money that you go, well, what are you going to do? Sue me? Yeah. Go on. My, you know, I, I, I didn't get paid by contract. It was no, it was um, five grand. Mm. And I took them to small claims and they sent a barrister. Well, first right. of all, they tried every nice. sort of um, uh, tactic to make it last longer and longer and it is stressful it mm. doesn't matter how zen you try and be it's unpleasant yeah. to be owed money to have to chase it to send good energy after bad yeah. but I did it pretty much on my own and I'd go I went into court and sat against their barrister who they were arguing stuff on well first of all he was speaking a language I didn't understand yeah. <laughs> because I don't speak legalese but the the but my ear tuned in after a moment but they were, they were trying to argue, oh, it's, it's not that complicated, but they were trying to use technical arguments. And I'm like, you don't know. You might know the law, mate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can explain what we were doing. It's a bit of a, it's quite a fun, long story for beers. But, um, and after, because I kind of won my round, uh, but they just kept doing protract, just protracting and extending because he right. could afford to. Because the guy, if he'd paid me, he'd have had to pay other people. Mm. And it was a bit like that. I was like the, but they on the way out, the barrister gave me gave me his card. Said if you're ever considering a career in law, okay, no. Nice. <laughs> <Good laughs> but but that's you know that's two people trying to the 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 man with all the money who was I had to point a principal didn't want to pay his startup mm. that he'd promised money to, and then using. Uh, you know, experts who refuse to adjust their language. The judge, I have a great deal of faith in the British legal system based on that experience because the judge mm, translated it for me. You know, he may he helped me tune in so that then I could be an active participant in the conversation. Mm. It's when you start, like, referencing... They're referencing and then they go, yes, you're on. You know, the way that sentences are constructed are different to normal speak. <laughs> so it's like... So, yeah, perhaps, yeah, that's, and that's a kind of power, I suppose, isn't totally, it? Totally, like, totally. Yeah, your own language. Like, 
I, I remember someone talking about the power of order words and order words being things like um can be things like please as well like things where you you're trying to get someone to do something and you use certain types of language that kind of will but and it's not it's not you do this or I will beat you up necessarily yeah, it yeah, can yeah, be yeah. there's lo- there's a lot of cat- lot of types of language that are, are all around um you know just sort of yeah yeah is yeah. it manipulation or is it just like you know we're all well one know. of the things that struck me the first time I went to South Africa was it's probably getting on for 20 years ago um uh god i'm getting old <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and you know it's it's post apartheid bearing in mind so i'd grown up in a house where my grandpa used to collect money for the anc he had you know he'd have student black students come over from south africa to help with them pharmacy qualifications blah blah blah, blah. apartheid you know boil on the bum of humanity blah mm. blah blah and anyway I went, I was invited, a boyfriend at the time was working there. So we got this trip out to visit him in Cape Town. And, you know, we stayed in this lovely B&B and it was all quite lovely. And uh, the woman who was serving our breakfast was black. And she, when she asked me what I wanted, she would say, what toast must I make for you? And I was like, okay. must, <laughs> like, you don't must do nothing, love, you know, it's just all right. Yeah, you know, it's just that use of a word that I just, that really stuck with me and jarred with me because it's yeah. such a, it, and she was very, very pleasant. It, she wasn't using it to sort of make a point. That was mm. just the way she was speaking. And I was like, oh my God. A guy I used to be in a band with put it as uh, the cop in your head is like, you know, the, the, the voice in your, of authority, of imagined authority in your head is so much more powerful than any external. Yeah, like if you yeah, just had yeah. this trained expectation that you just internalize other people's power over you to such an extent that you're just kind of like and we've got to kind of train people out of that we've got to kind of break people out of that well Sharon had a job interview this morning and I mean she's she sounds like she's done well at it but and I, I just I, I have to it gets that conversation about they are not the people in power here you both have power you're doing something for each other and you just if you as long as you remember that they don't have like more power just because they've got a job if you just remove that idea from your brain you'll be a lot freer to just talk about the reality of things and probably like you'll be a lot more valuable you know anyway yeah yeah yeah. i totally and i i I think sometimes i listen to stories about um i think particularly i'm i'm interested in you know women's place in equality um and i listen to sometimes some of the things people have tolerated being said to them and i'm like just you do get to say, don't speak to me like that. It's, mm. that's okay. We sort of dismissed physical power in the beginning. Mm. And there is a thing, if somebody's bigger and stronger than you physically there is a certain power that they have over you no matter what doesn't matter anything nothing else is as important and that as that really it's the annoying thing about trump he's quite big isn't he (laughs) is he is it like quite a big human being i think that's got him a long way as a big unit 
Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, there is something about physical presence and power. But that aside, so I can totally understand that if you are in, you know, I've been in a car with a with somebody who was a, a manager and we were on our way to a meeting and he said something wildly inappropriate and I commented back to him, but I didn't get confrontational because I was in a car with him and he was yeah. driving. So, you know, you can kind of go, uh, no, uh, but you in that situation, I'm not going to be, don't speak to me like this because you don't know where you're going to go. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he, there's yeah. a, there's a physical well, And power. that's a real abuse of that, yeah. that situation, isn't it? It's like, but I did get him later. <laughs> well, good, good, good. Because I wrote a letter. <laughs> sometimes you don't get another chance and that's no. the ones you regret. But like it's, it's those, but it's that sometimes you just don't want to kind of like start some you know if you sit down next to someone on a plane it's kind of a bit of an abuse of the captive audience to like start some sort of conversation you know yeah, you're sort yeah, of, yeah, or yeah. a lift or like any kind of like captive audience or somewhere where someone can't escape it's really kind of like I'm not the sort of person that's gonna I don't feel good about kind of putting someone in that situation if they didn't want to talk to me no or that then they're kind of stuck with me yeah yeah and yeah. that's just really that's just not fair is it no and it, and it's, um, I think that's the same of like picking difficult topics or saying something difficult to somebody in a place where they're trapped is not cool yeah if you can have a conversation yeah, yeah. with some a difficult conversation you have it where they can get up and leave or they can yeah. go sorry I'm just going to change seats or bye but yeah, yeah exactly. I think it's uh I think in the one thing that was interesting in this particular scenario of this guy was that at the time, even though I was a developer, I was a member of a of a union, um, mm. and not because anyone else was at the company I was working for, more because my grandpa insisted that everyone be <laughs> a union member. But yeah. but then I was able to phone them up and go, "What do I do? This guy said this thing. What do I do?" And yeah. the union rep. Um, was he said to me I, which has stuck with me and I've given this advice to other people since it's like look I know what he did wasn't you know physically or not hurt but it's weighing on your mind that's why you phoned me you need to do something about it even if it's simply writing a letter to the management otherwise it will sit with you you don't have to mm. take him to tribunal you don't have to do anything that will make that makes you uncomfortable and makes you feel like you're disrupting but write a letter at least um, for your own mental mm. health, and I did. Right. <laughs> I just wrote it. I was <laughs> like, you know, I don't, I'm not taking him to tribunal. I'm not having a go at him for, um, you know, inappropriate behaviour in the workplace. But you need to know that this man did this thing. So if it happens mm. again, that you can, you know, it won't be the first time. Um, so you know, and then then now it's stayed with me as a as a victory, not as a mm. as a failure. Do you know? Do you know if that yeah, makes any sense? Yeah, 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 it makes sense. I think the people that are drawn to power often aren't the ones that should have the power. But I also think it's very hard to get away from this thing of when you have power, I think it's hard for it not to start corrupting you or it's hard to kind of remain... Principled. Because <laughs> your power comes out in such subtle ways um, yeah. after a certain point. Lydia and I had a conversation years ago. We were talking about Balkan politics and she was like, you know what, I want to go away. I'm going to get really rich and then I'm going to come back and be a politician here when I when I have so much money that nobody can even try to corrupt me. I won't be tempted. <laughs> it's like as a, as a sort of insurance blanket. Right. But, you know, there's something to be said. It's like, it's all very well. I think no matter how principled you are, let's say somebody in your family was in trouble and you 
we're in a you know in a scenario where you could make a phone call, get them a job, whatever. When there's a possibility there, I mean, to solve a problem you have, yeah, I don't probably going to do it. Like, I think you have to be an incredibly principled and powerful person to go. Sorry, but you're on your own here. Also, in terms of like the respect you have for other people, if you just don't respect other people as much, do you after a certain point? Because you sort of know that they're not. Is is it inevitable, or is it? Is it about respect? It's 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 nice when someone very powerful and rich seems super friendly and like nice and charismatic, and you know that, that they're really nice. But then it can be a very small thing that shows you that they don't really respect you at all. <laughs> don't really think of you as as anything. I'm on guard with powerful people that they just have no respect for me because I'm not in the same power bracket as them. You know, it comes down to my wealth chip on shoulder. Yes, I suppose, as well. I mean, because yeah. I think one of the things about power is that people. I think we often wait to be given power when we right. can take power. We can, we can have power. I often see this, particularly younger women in the workplace, they're waiting to be given permission to do something. It's like, you don't need permission. You just need to do it. And if by doing it, and by doing it well, you'll, you'll will be doing it. That's it. There's yeah. no, nobody's, you know, there's no, nobody's going to go, hi, right, here you go. Here's some power. Now do a thing. You've just got to just crack on. And I, yeah. think that's, I think that's the thing where people are waiting to be promoted, waiting to be given some sort of authority, waiting. You know, it doesn't really matter who a person is in the same way that they really can't take away your power. They also can't give it to you. you know, maybe that's a bit like blaming the people in, in, <laughs> in a position of weakness. But Well, part of me wants to be a bit facetious and go, the truth was inside you all along. Wow. But I think this is really, it's, it's advice a lot of people need. It's, you, you have more power than you think. So, you know, in the world won't end if you, if, if you just try something. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you being a good manager there is, is really good. And I, I'm just thinking about, um, Ben was a good manager to me as well. Like his, his thing was, you've just got to be louder and <laughs> raise <laughs> hey, your profile. Hey girls, the that's company. the advice boys are giving boys. Be louder. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, like literally just send a lot more, send more emails, raise your profile within the company yeah, yeah. and you'll, you know, things will start coming to you. Yeah. Raising your profile. Yeah. Is a, just being present, being visible by doing it, you're doing it. You're not waiting yeah. for somebody to. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, oh, well, should I send this email? Yeah, I'm just going to send it and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> so. If we're talking about pedagogies, now what are the different types of <laughs> different types of power? Like, money is the thing. Media and fame—that's yeah. gives you an amount of power. Being in a sort of a, a government position like a policeman or an army man that's what i call them um you know i've got you've got the power to kill people you know that there's there's that sort of like um physical power yeah um and then i suppose there's there is sort of sexual power like that's a different kind of thing like that's something that you know can be used and um for better or worse and then like power of language I think something I wrote down was like the power you have in term, in your own family. And I sort of think about the uh, kind of an ogre I have been in to my younger children, my younger <laughs> siblings, <laughs> my younger children. <laughs> There's a Freudian no, slip no. if I oh ever God. heard one. 
my children. Well, I mean, in a way, I, you know, I <laughs> yeah. kind of take responsibility for them. It was a, um, God, that's interesting. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I wasn't a good dad as an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the oldest sibling mm. thing. That but yes, it. there mm. are softer powers. Like, right. you know, the kinds parents often employ, which is that sort of, I don't, I don't want to disappoint my parent or I don't want to upset right. them or those kind of, I mean, that's sort of negative, but isn't, you know, like you want, well, but it is, my mum has a lot of power, which I don't really know always how she does. <laughs> like, you know, I don't mean no. it like that. I don't know if I've told a story on this. She, she uh, picked up my sister once when my sister was a teenager and my, she'd seen her smoke. And uh, my sister got in the car and all my mother said whilst facing forward was, I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, no. And it's not like there was any threat to follow up with this. It's just like, <laughs> I know. So, you know, it's like, and that was, that's, I think that illustrates my mother's power over her children very well. Like we, we all within, you know, she's given us a fair bit of rope to hang ourselves with, but actually she's built a pretty cast iron cage around us as well. It's like, no, you've gone too far off the leash back, Mm. (laughs) but it's done in a sort of, I saw you. I think that thing of you know, wanting to impress your father, as we've discussed yeah, before, yeah, yeah. you do notice in the richer people that their parents do seem to be these very powerful forces in their lives. Um, it was, I think more so than if, I, especially I guess if you've inherited a lot of that wealth, it's like your that parent is even more powerful somehow. Well, yeah, they've got all this, you know, they could threaten you with... Not leaving it to you, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> that? Well, you know, and then there's the other kind, which is not wanting to disappoint, but yeah. not, how can you ever live up to their, what they yeah, did, yeah, especially yeah. if they were sort of self-made? How can you ever yeah. kind of you're, you're, get close to You cannot to possibly, because straight away you're not going to be self-made, so already yeah. you've achieved less. That goes back as well to conversations we've had about measuring using money. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe I could be... If I was, you know, Bill Gates's offspring, maybe I could just do something amazing with the small... I mean, he has famously done this thing where he doesn't leave his children or isn't giving his children loads of money, but Mm. he's probably still giving them enough. But they could, you know, given the megaphone that they could undoubtedly get in terms of that media voice power, maybe they could do something, you know, like there's different ways to, to not compete directly, but take the footstool they've given you and do something amazing with it that's not about making money. But then Melinda and Bill Gates are a bit of a, I wouldn't want to be their child. (laughs) Well, they've given loads of billions of dollars to charity. They've made billions of dollars. I think there's also a paradox of choice, isn't there, when you have too much power, (laughs) when you have too much money and power. It's like, what? You're still only one person. Like, you, you still only have one life. You still only have, you know. So, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Tricky, tricky. All right, thank you for listening to the podcast uh, this week. I, I have to be honest, like I like we did a two weeker the week before last, and I really missed uh, I missed Ivanka over this time. Oh, like, it does it seem was, like it was, it was I ages. missed my session. <laughs> um, and she's been on holiday, I've been on holiday, and we just you know so, yeah, I'm glad to glad to be back. Yeah, like if you like the podcast, you can find us at grandpodcast.com and on Twitter at podcastgrand, Instagram grandpodcast. And YouTube as well. Just go to the grandpodcast.com and find the links. Where can people find you? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. 
Cool. That'll do. Um, <laughs> and as a, as a, my, my main website, do you know what? I've got two main websites. I'm introducing a second. Uh-oh. First one is michaelforestmusic.com. Second is goodtohear.co.uk. And, and I'm, I'm thinking of, um, you know, giving Good To Hear a new lease of life. Uh, so, um, yeah, keep an eye on that. And, on yeah, there's links to Twitter and everything on those. And do try and write us some reviews. Um, you know, follow us on Spotify. Write some nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. You know, we've got no particular desire to be amazingly famous. But, you know, having a few people listening to podcasting, giving us some feedback would be marvellous. Wouldn't it? it Wouldn't would, it, though? It would. I'd love that. Um, <laughs> Michael <laughs> particularly likes feedback where people tell him he's marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.